I'm not sure we should do this yet. Do what? Well, I mean, I like you and I, I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I get to be on top. Welcome to episode six of I Think I Like This Movie, America's Least Necessary Film Criticism Podcast. I'm Noah Frank, joined as always by my co-host, Will Vitka, who brings us this week's film, the 1988 comedic fantasy Big, featuring Tom Hanks, Elizabeth Perkins, Robert Loggia, and John Hurd, which you may know as the dad from Home Alone, with bit roles from John Lovitz and Deborah Jo Rupp. So brace yourself for a trip back to New York in the 80s, and always remember to be specific when making your wishes to Zoltar. Will, you brought this film to the pod. So let me ask you. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was shocked, shocked watching this on Disney+. Plus, and then that little kid drops an F-bomb. I was yeah. st- stunned, but impressed, yeah. I guess. I mean, he was right. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. It, was. it was a key moment in the film. Uh it's i think and you, and you mentioned this before we before we were doing all this but i mean it was uh it was a pg film it was that's, yeah uh, that's a i know that there's some insane rule where you can have like one swear word of a certain uh veracity in a pg13 film these days but that's given everything else you know there's some some sexualization and some you know, kind of adults' situations, I guess, but it is otherwise pretty PG. It's 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 a tame, yeah, it's a tame kind of family flick. Um, but yeah, the the, the F bomb was shocking, and the I don't know how to put this exactly, but the moment when Tom Hanks, who is, I guess we should break this down really quickly. Tom Hanks is the the adult version of a thirteen year old boy. Who wants to be big, as the movie's name implies, so that he can do more stuff? And this is spurred on by his inability to, to ride a roller coaster. Uh, I think in it's supposed to be Coney Island, but it's like he, that they actually live in Jersey, so it's like kind of across. So yeah, that, well, uh, so okay, a few things on that. One, it is actually in real life at Rye Playground in Rye, New York, which is oh my god, that's where I was it. born. Weird. Okay. I, well, I've been to Rye Playground uh, <laughs> not not many years after this was filmed. I was probably twelve. This was a few years after this was shot. Oh my goodness! Um, but of course, it doesn't really make sense within like the context of like the some of the scenes and seeing the bridges and yeah, like yeah. Really they're supposed to be just across the river from New York. Um, and but but yeah, he <laughs> notably the sign, of course, on the roller coaster which he's denied, so he can't. Like go on. He wouldn't even have been with the girl, but whatever. Like, the girl <laughs> has, a, has a crush on. Uh, it it specifically said, 
that you must be this tall, but but he but the guy says you must be this big. Like they very clearly, yeah, it's, you know, it's goofy because it had it had to fit, you know, the whole theme of the movie. But yeah, basically, yeah, basically he wants to be tall enough to ride a roller coaster, and instead he's like <laughs> a thirty year old living in in a really shitty, like beaten down. Uh, motel in in manhattan while he uh st james st james i've been to st james it's not good um (laughs) that is that is a real place i think uh but yeah it's it's very it's very silly um well so let's let's just get right into into uh um why did you think that you liked this movie And, and and what was your uh introduction to this movie which i'm fairly certain upon having watched it now that i never saw it all the way through growing up so i actually called my mom when we decided that this was going to be our our pick and i had this vague memory of being in the theater seeing it as like a tiny baby and my mother confirmed that they took me to see this as a little kid i guess i would have been oh god uh five years old at the time uh but that was the first introduction and it the Zoltar thing really stuck with me. I mean, that's I, even even for even for it being PG and mostly sort of vanilla PG. That's it's still a it's little spooky. much for a five year old. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was it was horrifying. Those red eyes when it when it lights up <laughs> were very scary. And then I I guess I must have said that I really enjoyed it or something because literally every time I would go to my grandmother's house afterwards. I, they would play it. It was like a constant thing in my in my very tiny, very tiny life. So it was. So, I, how many times w- would you say that you've seen it, and, and when was the last time that you actually saw it? The last time I saw it was it must have been before uh, we moved, which would have been, I think I was like twelve at the time. So I hadn't, I haven't seen this sucker for like twenty some odd years. But it was it was constant growing up. It was very weird. It's, I feel like my equivalent to that is Spaceballs. <laughs> we we liked yeah we watched a lot of Spaceballs too. <laughs> I was just say wait that might be too it might be too well liked to do on on this pod. I, I don't know, but like like that was a movie that I watched way too many times between ages like seven or eight and twelve. I would say you know? <laughs> uh, we were big Mel Brooks fans. Uh, yeah, huge Mel Brooks fans, but this one just sort of fell, yeah, fell by the wayside at some point in my upbringing, and I, I, yeah, I hadn't seen it since I was like I don't know, 12, 12, 13 but I, I loved it when I was a little, little kid. Well, let's let's flesh it out a, a little more for for people who haven't seen it or who are going back and 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 maybe want to watch it. Um, you mentioned obviously it's a uh, a twelve year old kid who's uh, living out near New York. He uh, wants to be bigger, literally, physically larger. Uh, ends up getting. He wakes up the next day after visiting Zoltar and this little sort of uh, creepy machine on the boardwalk, and uh, ends up being a thirty-year-old. His, his mother doesn't recognize him, and yeah, that shit was scary. Her. Like that shit was scary on rewatch. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantasy film, so it's going to ask you to take a few things for granted, uh, just within within the way that things go uh, in the plot. But but right, like in in real life, some random dude shows up in your house and is claiming to be your son and like knows things that 
you know, he shouldn't know. And I don't know. I mean, it's, you're not going to like, your first response isn't going to be like, oh, yeah. Well, I, guess, I guess you did turn into a 30-year-old overnight. Right, like it's a, it's a right. completely reasonable response to pull a knife and tell him to leave. Yeah, um, and, the, and the mom does literally pull a knife. And it's like, what did you do with my son? And then that's actually something that really bothered me, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. But there is like, yeah, a, yeah. There's well, like a hostage thing. Right there. <laughs> Mom, it's me. It's Josh. Mom, I'm not Stop it! Mom. Oh, I made a wish oh, last night. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on the machine. Okay. Okay. I turned me into a grown-up. It was last night at the carnival. My birthday is November 3rd. Mom, I got to be in my history yeah. test. Yeah, take the birth. You can have anything that's in it. Go away. My, 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 my baseball team is called the Dukes. Uh, I made this for you. Who are you calling? Ah! I have a birthmark behind my left knee. Bastard, what did you do to my son? I am your son, Mom. Where is my uh, child? Mom. Where is Mom. my son? Mom. Right. Well, so, so anyway, so he turns to his best friend. His best friend also freaks out, but eventually he's able to convince him that, that it is him. And maybe that's the childlike perspective. A 12-year-old might be more open to the idea that that's possible than a grown adult. Uh, and he basically hides out in New York, ends up getting a job with a toy company uh his childlike wonder leads him to getting immediately promoted to a vp position so he's making a bunch of money that he spends on a bunch of stuff that a 12 year old would spend money on uh ends up accidentally backing into a romance with a grown woman who is also sort of in awe of his childlike wonder yes um they kind of well they definitely bang but we'll get to that uh, <laughs> and, and then and then eventually he like confesses uh, who he is. Fig- they figure out how to get back to the Zoltar machine to reverse his fortunes and go back to being a kid again. That's the long and the short of it. Uh, yeah. Did I? What did I leave out? Uh, I actually don't think you left anything out. That 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 is like it's such a dumb idea. It's like it's 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 amazingly well, stu- it, stupid, but it, like it works. For me, and it it's works. been used, yeah, and it was used in a bunch of films around that time. Then, of course, it's been used in Thirteen Going on Thirty. It's like I, yeah. as far as like a, a trope of like, if you if you're willing to set aside, you know, some of the rules of the universe, uh, <laughs> you know, it it creates a funny fish out of water situation, right? It, it's a, right, it's right, a, right. a child in an adult's body, and like it's, it's, the, it's, like, it's the Freaky Friday thing, but. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been a bunch of movies that have used the, a similar sort of um, idea. I, I think what makes it work is that is that Tom Hanks is very believable as as like he does a really good job. He's nominated for an Academy Award for for this role. Like like he's he does a very good job of like acting the way that uh, you know not even a teenage boy, a really a preteen boy who like right. is completely uncomfortable in his own skin and, and doesn't know, you know, any, any way to act in any situation. Um, anyway, he does a good job of inhabiting that role. And I actually read that Penny Marshall filmed a bunch of the scenes uh, beforehand with hit with the kid, the kid who plays, you know, the kid version of Tom Hanks in that role so that he could see like a kid interacting in that role and how unnatural that, so I didn't know that. That's amazing. Movie. Yeah, I mean, that, like honestly, like like that's really good direction. It's a really good idea to to you know. I think it's it's tough sometimes to 
try to think like to authentically play back to being a kid as opposed right, to right, playing yeah. some sort of a trope of a kid that's in your in your brain um but yeah, I, I mean I, I took a bunch of notes so there are a bunch of of different scenes where like he had these little uh not even lines but just like the way he sits on like the steps outside the like the government office building with his knees together and his pants are too short and just looking awkwardly like the way he eats ice cream in the diner the way he eats the oreos with his feet up on the bed while he's watching tv like the laser tag at fao schwartz and then of course oh F- the yes eating. the well and, and then eating the baby corn on the cob which i read was an improvised <laughs> scene yeah, I, that actually stood out to me. It's just like it's just like beautiful and brilliant and yeah, and so right. funky. But I, I, this is really you know this is really a testament to how much of a treasure Tom Hanks really is. Like he's he's just awesome. He's the one who who moves this movie. That's it. Well, uh, so I guess this kind of leads into. I, I was curious, you know, uh, as you're the one bringing this. Uh, and looking back on it, which character you know improved the most in your in your eyes over time, and which one sank the most? Does do we have our answer in, in Tom Hanks? I well, kind of. I actually had. I have to look this. Uh, I have to look up the actress who sort of plays this opposite. I don't want to say love interest, but it is love interest, even though it's kind it of, is. It's kind of gross, but uh, yeah. Give me one hot second. Um, I have conflicting feelings here because <laughs> uh, she's really good, but there's a moment. Um, You're talking about Elizabeth Perkins. Yes, Elizabeth Perkins. Uh, there's a moment that's really weird between her and John Hurt where the implication is that she's sleeping her way up the ladder, I guess, at the company. And yeah. it's super gross. And well, and... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it portrays her. I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but it portrays her as someone who's been sexually abused for years. And John Hurt's character just kind of is like, "Well, that's what you do," and it's like, "Ugh." ugh. Well, and, and and part of that too, there was you know a sort of I don't know if you would call this a continuity error or a plot hole error, but it it was something that that I didn't feel like got answered or, or they sort of asked a question that they didn't answer, which was, um, yeah, the, the scene she goes home with, with Josh, with Tom Hanks from right. the, this sort of swanky, uh, corporate party and ends up spending the night at his house, albeit in separate bunk beds. But, um, then we see her the next morning on the way to the office with, Again, it's unclear if he's her boyfriend. It's fair. It's it's like, that's that's the part. Yeah, I was just like, I don't, I don't really but, know but, what's happening but, here. <clears throat> right, because like, why are they commuting in together? And then like, she, I mean, she she clearly says like she like takes back a bunch of her stuff, like she like gives him or asks for a bunch of her stuff back. Or I don't know. There's like there's that as part of that scene that you brought up, like where it's clearly like a breaking up scene. But then like, wait why was she over at his apartment and like, yeah. how is that like not like i don't it, it just didn't make any sense that like they would be having like, any kind of a normal conversation if she just spent the night at some other guy's house like it was, i don't know yeah it, it was, was it was legitimately strange the, the the lead up to that and the there is no resolution like we have no idea 
Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. And I, I know that there's a director's cut of this that came out in the, in the late nineties that has 26 more minutes. And I don't know if that has, if that fills any of those gaps or not, it doesn't seem like it's focused on that, but like the, this is a relatively crisp movie. Uh, I, I just, I don't know if there was stuff that was left out there uh, that was, you know, that got cut out because it wasn't important enough to develop their relationship. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, wa- I watched the I watched the Disney Plus version of this. So, uh, I yeah, really I mean, no, it. I mean, I, I did too, but I don't think it was edited down. Um, I don't know. Um, so, okay. So, so going back to the question though, was there... You're saying the Elizabeth Perkins character improved over time in your in your mind? I think it improved. She improved over time because that's such a toxic situation to deal with, and so I I, I appreciated her more for sticking to her guns and and going with you know Tom Hanks and saying fuck you to the to John Hurt basically, and like this is not about moving up my career i just like this guy and you're a dick and i was like okay this is good i'm happy with this the josh character doesn't i don't think he moves a needle like how do you, you can't he's a kid <laughs> you can't really can't really move around too much he's the star of the show and um you know he's just kind of like uh, a 13 year old in a 30 year old man's body uh, sure Sure. I think Robert Loggia is always going to be my favorite, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he's really not in it that much. Like he's no, he's not. He's, on, he's only in a handful of scenes, but um, you kind of appreciate that. Like, even though it's insane that he's, you know, if if like, he doesn't know what we know, but like, even if he did, it's not that insane. The idea that he would put like. A, a really sort of creative, uh, open-minded thirteen-year-old in charge of like designing toys. Like <laughs> right. it's not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, you know? no, it makes sense. Like, right? Like he's clearly doing better than these suits. Looking at market research and everything. Yeah, uh, one of the things of... that really stands out to me was that is the boardroom scene where Tom Hanks is just taking the toy apart, and the toy clearly like doesn't work. And he's like, "Why? Yeah. Why would anybody is this, is this, play I, a toy?" I don't get it. Right. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I I am the intended audience of this, and I don't get it. I don't get it. <coughs> what exactly don't you get? It, it turns from a building into a robot, right? Precisely. Well, what's fun about that? Yeah, I felt like, I felt like his mom was a little thinly drawn. That that there was maybe a missed opportunity or two to have her, you know, out looking for him, like and maybe oh, have they... like near, near like near misses, you know, in the wild, you know, where where like it really comes he, across he, like the parents just do not give a shit. We literally never we, see the dad again. No, no. <laughs> we see him at the carnival, and we never see him again. He does not exist the rest of the, of the film, and we only see the mom basically, like when he calls the one time and they have like a phone conversation and then her talking to his his friend like through the window and his friend being like he's going to be home soon it's going to be okay we like right they're, they're just not and we see and then the sort of secondarily via the milk carton when when his face <laughs> appears in the milk carton. i mean that is but pretty like, funny other, yeah and it's also very of, of the time um but but yeah i mean you you just there's 
not enough concern and not enough like there was a point for sure where I was like, should he go back and be like 13 again? Like it sucks being 13. Like I, I did not yeah, have fun. Like he, like he's, he's got like a pretty sweet life <laughs> and like probably a sweeter life than most kids are going to grow up to have. Uh, and like, it doesn't seem like his family's that concerned about getting him back. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like home alone, which I think does a much better job. Strangely enough, sort of also similar... with John Hurt. Right, yeah, but uh, like it, in a sort of similar thing where like you see how much the mom, the mom is doing everything she can to get home. Right, right, yeah. like it's she's even though she only gets ends up getting home whatever a few minutes before the rest of the family, she is trying in every scene to find a way to get home, and like you just don't quite have that that sense of urgency uh, from from his family in, in Big. No, I mean, there's there's no urgency whatsoever, <laughs> as far as we can tell as the audience. This is just about watching Tom Hanks be a sort of lovable goofball. Like, that's it. That's Yeah. And I'm glad that, that it did end up being Tom Hanks. Uh, I, I, have, I don't know if I've ever read about a project that had more potential actors attached to the leading role. Uh, supposedly, they wanted John Travolta. Oh, God. But he was considered... But he was considered box office poison in 1988, and therefore <laughs> it, was, it was not used. They wanted Robert. They, wa- they wanted Robert De Niro, and he said he, he was going to say yes, but he was too expensive. Uh, he wanted six million dollars, and they ended up giving Tom Hanks two million dollars. That's fucking amazing. Uh, what? Harrison Ford turned the role down. Oh my god! Me. Look, I'm just trying to imagine these movies now. <laughs> Right, right, and I've got four more names for you of people who were attached in some way of either were had auditioned for or were you know that somebody wanted for the role, which is Robin Williams, Albert Brooks, Jeff Bridges, and Gary Busey. Oh my goodness! I can't. Like every one of those movies is a different movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck any of those work. Right, there's at least an eight-part big multiverse <laughs> that has splits with Travolta and De Niro and Ford, Williams, Busey, Brooks, Bridges. Like it's like it's impossible to to imagine how this movie looks if any of those people are in that role. That's yeah, none of that. Wow, I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm glad that it ended up being Tom Hanks for. Uh, for us and for him and for his <laughs> career and for, you know, for a lot of reasons. Speaking of alternate things, I will just get this out of the way, which is uh, gotcha. uh, Gaucho Watch, gotcha. uh, ch- trying to find anyone associated with the University of California, Santa Barbara, involved in the movie. Uh, the original director, who was slated to direct the film before it ended up with Penny Marshall, was Ivan Reitman, making his second hey! screen appearance on the podcast, but he turned it down in order Ooh. to make twins. Oh, double boo. Mega boo. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyway. So uh, Ivan Reitman, of course... 
uh, head of the Montecito Picture Company in Santa Barbara, employs <laughs> UC Santa Barbara students. Uh, that's fulfilling Gaucho Watch, at least secondarily. It's a great week. Um, do you want to talk about, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about some, some plot holes and continuity errors? Uh, my, honestly, my biggest problem with the movie, and I, t- I took copious notes, of course, uh, is the, um, man, how do you get around the 13-year-old shagging a, an older lady? Yeah, um, it's just. I mean, there, right? There's there's a back of the brain. Like one one to their credit, they I think pushed the actual sort of like love scene about as far as they could without it getting into really bad territory. Yeah, like like they they do get the the fact when he she turns the lights out and then he turns them back on. Like that's very funny. It is. It is uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, you want the lights on? And he sort of, like, nods sheepishly at her. <laughs> um, and then they cut away before anything gets, like, you know, super, even PG-13. Uh, and, like, then you just see him, like, skipping through the office the next day, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, it's very clear what happened. Like, like they never say it, but it's pretty clear what, like, what happened. Um and right, there's there's like a like I said, I mean, there's definitely back of the brain kind of creepiness about it. like you you know it you you know that that's happened you you can't the movie the movie made sure that you knew that that happened. Yeah, there isn't. Thankfully, there is not a Brad Pitt as death orgasming for for the first time moment, right. and I am thankful for that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that could have been handled a lot worse in that sense. Um, but it is sort of unavoidable that they they made that decision to go there and like they play a couple of things later for laughs, like at the very end when she's like, you know, uh, I like uh, who knows, like I'm not going to come back with you, but who knows in in ten years or something, she's like maybe you should keep my number, like. <laughs> All right. Yeah, all right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be shipping a 23-year-old. That's fine. Yeah, who I also, by the way, like <laughs> banged in spirit when he was, uh, you know, before his bar mitzvah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's some serious weirdness there. Um, there's some serious weirdness there. I, I, did, I did think that um, the relationship actually worked. I mean, it was, again, I, you know, she was clearly a woman, like, in distress. And she was suffering from her male peers for various reasons. Um, and here comes and kind this... Of, kind of lost in this corporate culture of success and, you know, high pressure and everything. And, like, like yeah. there's this very innocent-minded person. Literally a dewy-eyed kid comes in. Yeah. So, I mean, but like, who who isn't isn't concerned with all of that? Like, sure, you could see where like that would be an attractive quality in a human being if you just look at it blindly. Uh, the human being uh, that can now interact with, I'm now attracted to that person. That's fine. Right. That makes sense. Well, and, and there there was a, the funny line where where she basically calls John Hurd a child and tells him like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason she likes the other guy is because he's a grown up. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. It's, it's it's well played. I mean, it's it's that's uh, you know, that's I think why it works. Why 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 you can kind of swallow it and like, you know, mostly ignore anything else. 
It, it, um, yeah, it does. It does. It works. Overall, it works. And yeah, if we if we break it down too much, that's obviously when I mean that's what we do. But you, well, anything that, that has magical realism elements built into it, like, is gonna right. fall apart on some level. Uh, that like, there's a lot of loose ends that are not tied up. <laughs> he has an apartment, like in in New York, with a bunch <laughs> of shit in it. That like, who, who the hell knows what happens? Like, he has a job as a VP of a toy company. Like, what happens to the toy company? Well, I guess we can talk about all that when we get to the like, what, what about the next <laughs> years since since the end of the film? You know, as we extrapolate these characters out. But yeah, I mean they. They just leave all the ends loose, and they're like, "Well, that, that really matters." Right? <laughs> like... uh, yes, I mean, I, I would be very concerned about Robert Loge's character. Like, does he come back and go, "Where's this guy?" I don't know. <laughs> Nobody cares. Right. Bloop. I I have a few like these are kind of just like again, you know, ends that they didn't bother to tie up, or or you know, pieces were like. Right in the very beginning, like he when he like wakes up as an adult, he's like they have the gag where he tries to put on like his jeans and they obviously don't fit, but he's still wearing like underwear. Like he would, why is why does the children's underwear fit? <laughs> like how is he I squeezed into into his twelve year old self's underwear? Like so I just I I have a theory. Having watched a few Tom Hanks movies today, because once I started with Big, I watched a couple other ones. And um, he's also like in Tidy Whitey's in Turner and Hooch. So Tom Hanks might have like a Tidy Whitey thing going on. It's, it, I guess it's an early career trademark. Uh, uh, I, I, another thing, uh, which I definitely thought of when he, when he first like makes out with, with his girlfriend, he first kisses her. It's this like very nice romantic, you know, kiss like he should be a terrible kisser. The kid has n- never kissed anyone. Oh yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that could have been played for a good laugh. Like, like they could have, you know, had some fun with that. Where like, she's like, like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing with your tongue? I don't understand it. Yeah. Right. How you could be so bad at this? Right. Like, but but like, it's that's not. He's just like naturally like very very comfortable in this very uncomfortable role. That just didn't really seem right. Uh, the other thing I had was his buddy who just like keeps showing up at the offices and walking around and like everyone's like, oh yeah, it's fine. This is a 12 year old who just like wandering the halls. <laughs> it, it, is, like, it, is, it is legitimately strange. Yeah. Like, like I know it was the eighties, but come on. Like <laughs> I was, um, I was also amused by the uh, like total lack of restraint from any male authority figure. Like they just say shit. There's there's one point where I, I think it was a John Hurt character, and he just like he says something terrible, and everybody's just kind of like applauding in the in the meeting room. Like it's madness. Their portrayal. Yeah, well, of, and he. Sorry. He literally like beats him up on the racquetball court or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. everyone is is like a little unhinged and like yeah. It's, it's, like, I don't just, it's, I don't just think that, that that that's like a like a an of the time thing, right? That's like, just I, kind of I, didn't make sense. I I guess, but like, I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. I never played racquetball. I have no idea. So I don't know if that's how that usually goes. But typically, you don't beat the shit out of your opponent after you've won 
game. <laughs> I mean, like everyone's all, like gathering around and watching and pointing and stuff. Like clearly, like it's not like natural behavior. But yeah, like, like people are. Everyone's a little bit off, uh, just in terms of you know, uh, behaving normally. I guess maybe civilly. It, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the point. The racquetball scene. I actually didn't understand why the racquetball scene was there. I think it was to to f- sort of force the them force you know he and and the girl together because she tends for his wounds and then she sees that like right and then boobs he he's well but like clearly clearly it is like clearly he's he wasn't the reason that it happened it was the other guy and like like understanding that he's a good dude and the other guy's immature and an asshole like i think i think it was just to sort of push their relationship along more than anything you know Um, and clearly like john Hurd's the bad guy it's you know they have to have some sort of a coming to to head uh of the tension that had built up so that's how they played it out anyway Uh, it's um, very uncomfortable (laughs) yeah uh so i i one other thing that um I, I thought it was interesting. I guess they they filmed an alternate ending, which made it onto one of the like video release cuts, but not in America. Like I think it was in New Zealand. Um, they had an extra scene at the end. So the last scene, of course, is he's walking away from the car back to his house after she's dropped him off. He becomes the kid in the suit again. He goes inside. He, you hear him reunite with his mother, and that's sort of the end. Um, evidently, there was this other scene that they tested and didn't keep or the theatrical version, which is that then he's back in school. The girl named Susan comes oh, in and no. like sits behind him oh, no. and like taps him on the shoulder as like the new girl in school. So like, it, you know, obviously intimating that she went through with Zoltar and, and, you know, decided to follow him, which I'm pretty glad didn't end up happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is not, is not, uh, a, a, the way that that should end uh especially someone throwing away literally their whole their whole life to go back and be a child again to be with a child essentially it, it's a whole that that reintroduces a whole other set of <laughs> sort of layers that we just talked about in like a way worse way yeah i don't i don't i don't really want to get into that onion um yeah no no please don't <laughs> yeah um what did you see? Uh, I, I, there was a lot here, so uh, I, I have a, a fairly long laundry list, but I'll give you first crack at uh, uh, what, what did you, what did you see of, of the of the like extremely of the time and, and era references in this film? Fucking literally everything, literally everything in this movie is uh, is of the time. It's the, the clothes, the terrible phones. Uh, I everything literally everything this is a 1988 movie and it is 100 percent a 1988 movie where everything is 1988 yeah, I mean, including john lovitz he's he's going through a pack of baseball cards that are very clearly collectibles yeah. at that time yeah. like the kids are riding around unsupervised on their bikes and skateboards uh his mom calls them dungarees <laughs> there's uh just the general depiction of new york city as like a crime ridden hell yeah um the i a few that, that really i thought were really funny that stuck out was 
when he he shows up for his first day on the job and they ask him if he smokes and, and they say okay just do it in the coffee room on breaks uh-huh yeah yeah it's, it's literally uh, everything yeah there's a reference to that's what they invented xanax for I uh, right. and then and then also when when um when Susan goes to recollect her stuff from from the John Hurd character, she says that she left her exercise tape at his place. Mm-hmm. That, that felt felt extremely late eighties, early nineties. And every single car is this weird angular thing. Like it's all it's all late eighties. It's there's no getting no getting around it. Yep. It is extremely nineteen eighty eight. Um. So since that was nineteen eighty eight. And uh, our protagonist would have been 13 years old, uh, which would make him, oh dear God, what, uh, 41 now? Oh, um, is that Christ. right? Oh God! Oh uh, God! No! W- w- no, because I'm I'm 38, so you can't be. <gasps> right? Am I Tom Hanks? Like, like, right? And my my math is right on that, right? He would have been born in nineteen. Yeah, right. I was, I was, I was just, I was just playing around. Yeah. He's, yeah. If he's thirteen <laughs> and eighty-eight, uh, so right. He's, he's forty-six. 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 Yes. Yeah. Forty-six. Okay. So he's forty-six. Uh, so in present day, what, what do we think has happened to Josh, our protagonist, and to any of the other characters? Uh, in this intervening time of, you know, uh, 33 years uh, between when this film came out and present day. Well, I would like to hope that Josh has learned some lessons from from the nightmare chaos of capitalism that he saw. Maybe, maybe he did reconnect with uh, Elizabeth Perkins and... Uh, and they're getting along just fine. You know, it's really funny. I, I, everybody in in films from like this era and like pop culture from this era, like every, everybody just looks like thirty seven. Like, like <laughs> you, you, you have no idea how old anybody is. Like I just assumed that she was supposed to be like in her mid to late thirties because she's sort of having like a like a career crisis and like a midlife crisis. She's she actually was like twenty seven when they filmed this. Oh no. Yeah, and so like, oh my if, god, if if her character was supposed to be that age, then like literally she's only fourteen years older. Which, given twenty seven and thirteen, is not only fourteen. But in the in present day, if if we're saying that the Josh character is now forty six, like she's only sixty. She's not, you know, she's not dead. She's not. She's yeah, not, no, she's, she's, uh, she's probably keeping along. And I actually, it's, it's really funny that you'd mention the age thing with Elizabeth Perkins. Um, cause I was, I was watching this with Reem earlier and I thought she had like, she looked like, she looks like Millie, Millie Bobby Brown. She's got that like almost exactly same facial structure. And so I was immediately thinking like, okay, if she goes back in time or does a Zoltar machine, she just becomes Millie Bobby Brown and, and she and, <laughs> she and Josh go, go back and, and live their right. school days. Right. Well, Glad that she didn't do that. Um, but so I, I mean, what, what what do we think happens? What, what, do you, what do you think happens to these to these characters uh, in in progressive time as we hit twenty twenty one? I is 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 he working for a toy company? Is he? No, I know? think I think I think he learned his lesson. I think that's the general idea. Like, 
this uh, white collar high rise bullshit sucks. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Well, he was a terrible baseball player, so we know that that's. Not really <laughs> well, maybe he starts his own toy company. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe maybe he uses the business acumen that he gained that he'll have that that no no one yeah. else in his age group does. Yeah. Uh, do things his own way. But I don't think he's uh, going to be with uh, Elizabeth Perkins again. No, I don't either. Uh, do Do you think that that she gets out of of the whole you know corporate rat race and finds some happier uh, future for herself? Well, what else does she know? We don't really get a lot of insight into her into her character at all. She's just like she's yeah, she just exists. seems unhappy in, yeah. in that you know situation. But but competent, good at her job. Yeah, maybe, I mean maybe she starts. Her, I'll take that back. Maybe she starts her own toy company and she maybe, learns to maybe talk. Maybe she to... hires him. <laughs> <laughs> talks to kids and does not have sex with them. Right. Let's, let's hope. talk about the soundtrack um how much how much did you i mean there's there are you know some obvious the sing-alongs and stuff like that um but but in terms of of the actual sort of music that that the movie's set to um what what did you notice what were your thoughts uh i I actually found the the soundtrack to be quite pleasant um the the sing-alongs were great Really enjoyed those, especially the opening stuff between uh, Josh and uh, Redhead Kid from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Didn't get in the way. Conveyed the necessary messages that I should be feeling throughout the scene. I liked it. Thought it was okay. Well, and interestingly, the composer for whatever parts were were not you know pop music uh, was Howard Howard Shore who also scored Philadelphia and That Thing You Do, uh, which were both Tom Hanks' vehicles, and That Thing You Do was Tom Hanks' directorial debut. So they clearly ha- had a good rapport from this and went on to work together uh, in the future. It's Tom Hanks all the way down. Yeah, I mean, you you can kind of see that this is the beginning of him being a you know a sort of major leading man um yeah i don't know what was, the box office was on this but yeah it was big it was the first hundred million dollar it was uh, big uh, yeah i mean it was like Sorry. it was like 150 million dollars in the late 80s which it was i i, I saw that it was the first it was the first hundred plus for uh, a female director so oh, that shit. was a huge score for yeah for penny marshall and and it obviously you can see why it would do well at the box office it's it's got it's got the right components. It, it you know, I, I will say, I don't remember the last time that I watched just like a feature film and legitimately laughed out loud like five or six times. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Like it a, I was surprised how to make me laugh. You know. Yeah, you're a t- you're a tough customer. Um, I I I also laughed out loud. Uh, you know, on uh, this morning's watch, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it's it's good physical humor. It's good, you know. There are good one-liners. Um, the gross-out stuff isn't like really over the top. Like there's some sort of like skeezy stuff, but but it's still played off. You know, like like the John Lovett's character, right? You know, saying like 
how she'll squeeze you between her thighs and until you can't breathe or I, it was something something kind it of was gross something like, like that, that yeah <clears throat> and, and then Tom Hanks's response is oh well I'll be sure to stay away from her like like they do they do a really good job of like even if something is kind of gross then then it's played for like a good laugh it's not not played for like a like a damaging you know like not everyone's gonna find this funny laugh it's it's it, they, they do a good job of finding I think pretty universal pretty um you know free-flowing humor and stuff um yeah i and... I, I, I would agree on that because because you use you use josh as the 13 year old who who would maybe be perverted but like he's still innocent right that's the yeah. whole thing it's the innocence it makes so you... a big difference right he's he's not 15 like like it's right. he's he's yeah. too young to, to to be malicious in any way yes. like he's just yeah yes yeah, that's a that's that's a, a that that was a fine line to walk, but I think they did did a good job of sort of picking that age where he's still more interested in in you know baseball cards. Than <laughs> right. like he right. he's starting to be interested in girls, but he has no idea what to do with that information. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, well, so along those lines, um, you know, is do you see that like could this movie get made again today? I I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Like I would like it to be remade. Um, I I think it absolutely could. I mean, it, we've seen enough examples of similar kinds of movies. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think that there's anything about it specifically. Like you could you could certainly avoid the fact that like you they don't have to have sex right, right. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you could write it in a way that, that that it never quite gets to that point where where that gets played off as part of his neuroses as a as this you know literal like out of his body kind of character yeah what i would um, actually i would actually like just i don't know who you i don't know who to cast but just leave it at like uh they share a, an uber home and she smooshes him on the cheek and then he's all happy the next day and that's it and just fucking leave it at that you know like, yeah i mean like like in the, even like they had the they had the, the sleepover scene where they end up in the separate bunk beds like like you could just have that like you, you don't even need to have a scene where they are really fully romantically like involved like the, he, you can just always keep dodging it in various ways i think yeah totally um, agree that you know, as long as you're playing him off as being really that young and that immature, sort of you know, like in, in terms of his his own body and and, and yeah, just leave him knowing... as the leave him as the as the bashful goober and and you're set. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it would actually be it would actually right. be lovely to see a uh, an update of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like. I'm not a huge fan of of like general remakes uh especially if the, if the movie's good the first time around but but in terms of the formula and the idea of it all like it seems pretty repeatable yeah um, i think it works uh what else so, anything else that, that that we didn't cover um that i didn't cover that i didn't ask you about that we should have covered uh the ending is kind of weak but yeah yeah I don't, I don't know how else you end this movie Honestly. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, that's that. That's the tough thing. <laughs> once you've once you've opened all these doors, like you, right. it, w w there's only a handful of ways this could go. Really, that that aren't you know very tragic. Um, so, right. I mean, they 
he used the same mechanism that got him into the mess to get him out of the mess. Uh, I was kind of wondering, j- just as it came down to the wire, like because you know he falls asleep and then wakes up. Old. Oh, a dream like, thing. Well, no, no. I, I was just wondering, like, does is he gonna have to fall asleep again to wake up himself again? Like, how oh, are they gonna play oh. this off? Yeah, the transformation and, does seem to happen between between like Coney Island and Jersey. So, yeah, it happens literally as he's walking down his street, which means like he knows it's gonna happen, which is kind of strange. Like, it's kind of strange that he like he's like, oh well, it's it's I, mean, it's all, I thought about Field of Dreams. Like, I'm like walking uh, back into the cornfield. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's yeah, like, yep, 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 yep. Like it's odd that he has that much agency over the particular moment that it happens in, in a way that where I was like, ah, you know, all right. Eh, <laughs> you know? It's a, it's a, it's a movie film. It's right. just doing uh, movie film stuff. Yeah, but I but I was I was just kind of like, ah, all right, you know, sure. I, I guess I guess we're done here. <laughs> 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 I guess we're out of story to tell, so uh, everybody go home now. Yep. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. That was, yep. Yeah. All right. I agree with you. <laughs> 100%. It was very awkwardly just sort of like, oh, he's a kid again, I guess. Uh, time to go home. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind that they didn't have this, like, on-camera tearful reunion with the mother because again they didn't really develop the mother very well and like she didn't didn't matter anyway so right i didn't really need that like it wasn't it clearly wasn't about like their relationship it was just about like his life um and him choosing to go back and have a childhood uh but yeah i mean like i think something something there would have been nice even if they didn't have like her rejoining him like in childhood school like having him back at school maybe having like one one nice thing that was like oh i I get to go play baseball with my friends again and then like one of the and then like the friend immediately homers off of him again you know what i mean (laughs) like like, i get to be in my childhood again and oh right my childhood right this sucks sucks, yeah like 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 that would it would have been nice to be like like oh right okay well he's actually back in his real life again so some something to tie it back together to the beginning i yeah i I think i agree with you but eh, eh, they did the best they could it's fine (laughs) um all right well done well done big you're still you're still okay yeah, so uh, so that takes us to the finale, which uh, of course we, we must answer the all important question: Will, mm-hmm. do you still like this movie? I still very much like this movie. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I we've I think we've sufficiently lowered expectations over the last few episodes. <laughs> it's nice to, to like see the closing credits roll and feel like not awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it, like I said, I laughed out loud a number of times. There were there were good. It was good writing. It was sharp. It was well acted. There were clearly some issues with it that I don't. I don't even necessarily think were of the era. I mean, I think they mostly were, were issues probably at the time anyway, in in terms of just how well, you know loose ends that weren't tied up and the sort of general uncomfortableness of yeah, the, it's it's the, the general uncomfortableness. Played. I think the editing could be could have been tightened up like a tiny tiny bit, but otherwise. Yeah, the directing is good. The acting is wonderful. Um, everybody nails it. 
I can't think of a bad performance in the film. Uh, the score yeah. does what it needs. It's just kind of a winner overall. And it's nice. And, to... and there, there are a few really good scenes. Like there are a few scenes where like, I mean, the, the scene where he gets his friend leaves and he's stuck alone in the hotel room in New York for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking good. It's re- yeah, it's really powerful. I mean, like he, you know, he, you believe that he's this 12 year old kid who's like crying himself to sleep because he's completely lost in a world that he's not ready for yeah um yeah and then on the flip on the flip side the scene where they play the piano in, in the fao schwartz It's, it's it's beautiful it's incredible it's and it's in like really? three long shots like it's not really heavily cut up i was yeah um, i was really impressed with uh hanks and logia just sort of being able to do that like because they do it in tandem like they're there yeah, yeah they clearly took a fair amount of practice I, I saw something about them having stunt doubles who had been brought in in case they couldn't pull it off so they were really <laughs> compelled to make sure that they pulled it off um, i didn't know and, that and it, and they do, and you, and it's funny. This is one of those you see Tom Hanks, like almost lose it at one point. He like, he like, loses his balance ever so slightly. But yeah, yeah. Like, like an Olympic vaulter, like, like coming down <laughs> a little awkwardly, but, but like bunny hopping the landing, you know. Uh, and then, and then they like pick it back up and are able to finish it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really endearing. And you have this crowd, you know, sitting around watching and it's, it's this nicely framed shot with the toy store in the background. Yeah. I think, I think it's the framing. The framing is a big part of that. No, sorry. No pun intended. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just wonderful to watch. It is really great. Yeah. So recommend, uh, we, as Will mentioned earlier, we saw it on Disney plus, which it is available right now. Uh, if you are a Disney plus subscriber, you can watch it there. Uh, encourage you to, and uh, hopefully some of you watched it beforehand, uh, before listening, so that you were are all caught up before we started talking, <laughs> before you hit play. Uh, if not, feel free to join in the conversation after the fact. You can find us, as always, on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram, at LikeThisMovie, and join the conversation using, using the hashtag ITILTM, hashtag ITILTM. Uh, that's it for us this time around. Keep an eye out next Wednesday. We'll drop information on what movie we're watching for episode seven. And thank you all for listening, because I know some of you are.